This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you by the official Nerd Cognito t-shirts available on Amazon.com. That's right. You heard correctly. You can now get your own gatekeeping is good t-shirt and the entire collection of slightly humorous, at least we think so, t-shirts from the minds of Nerd Cognito on Amazon. Amazon accepted us as a partner, which means we can bring t-shirts to you in a cost-effective manner just in time for our winter pledge drive, so to speak. We get a buck or two from every purchase. You get a t-shirt at 20 bucks, 20 bucks. So you get to support the show and support your philosophy of our corner of the hobby. Go to Amazon.com and just search Nerd Cognito to see the incredible lineup of shirts that's available, including this year's special fundraiser shirt, Gatekeeping is Good. Again, 20 bucks, it ships absolutely free with Prime, and you are going to love it. Styling and profiling. Now, on with the show. Hey, hey, everybody, it is I, Ryan David. Welcome to this holiday episode of Nerd Cognito. Holy smokes, did you hear those sleigh bells ringing? Uh, we're here hot on the heels of a pretty important week in the tabletop role-playing world, and more importantly, an important week for you and your family and your loved ones. So if you celebrate Christmas, it's Christmas week for us, and if you don't, it's federal holiday paid Free days off week with us. But either way, we hope that you have a wonderful season. Who's we? Well, we are my partners here on the big show each and every week, starting with my personal close longtime friend, Bert. Hey, Bert, what's going on? Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Oh, not too bad. I'm having a, a good week. I'm still high on our gaming session from Friday night. Uh, <laughs> anyone that tuned into the speakeasy, and by the way, thank you for all of the new folks that came courtesy of the Delver Army and the new folks that just organically stumbled on us. The speakeasy is growing hand over fist every week, and the best part of the speakeasy are the folks that are joining us in the chat. It really makes for an interesting experience, but... Yeah, Bert. No, I, I'm I'm excited to get back to fantasy, and I'm you know we'll talk about that on the other side of the show. Um, Sounds good. Before, I've had two game sessions since then, so well, that's because you're a <laughs> maniac. When you're not sleeping under like a sniper rug in the woods, you, you are playing games. Someone that is not sleeping in the woods is our other co-host and my good friend Kyle. What's going on, Kyle? Yeah, I'm not sleeping at all. Well, that's, <laughs> that's not good. No. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, Constantly tired. I was telling Bert's just uh, the same thing that I told you this past weekend on the speakeasy. Um, I'm still running on just this natural glow from getting back, not just to fantasy, because I, I am running another fantasy campaign, but getting back to fantasy with my group right my core group and it was so wonderful we're going to talk about that we also you know wouldn't be doing our due diligence if we didn't spend some time 
tossing out some thoughts and perspective about the big Wizards news. <laughs> Man, they, they are the gift that just keeps on giving in 2023, huh? Not this particular case, but... <laughs> <laughs> For us, they're the gift that keeps on giving. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we have some news, of course, um, and it's going to be just a, a, a lighter with the exception of the the doom and gloom from the wizard story, a lighter Christmassy episode of Nerd Cognito. Bert, I, even though you're in the woods, did the smoke signals make their way to you about what happened with Wizards of the Coast this week? They did. Actually, my wife saw the article and said, you might want to learn more about this because they'll probably talk about it on the podcast. Of course <laughs> we will. So... Uh, yeah, Hasbro, as a large, the holding entity, right, has decided to lay off 1,100 workers, um, and a good chunk, being a majority chunk of the creatives in Wizards of the Coast, both for D&D and for Magic the Gathering, uh, something that's getting glossed over interestingly enough and i don't know where the magic people are there's there's a little rumbling out there but there's not as much talk about the D end of things but creatives from all aspects of the spectrum and i and i use that word intentionally because with these fuckers <laughs> a lot of them are on the spectrum um but the creatives from artists to writers to editors to community relations managers and talent handlers well, they had to pack up their cardboard box, clean out their desks, and head home with a Merry Mary. And I'll tell you what, I admit that uh, I took a little bit of pleasure in that, Bert. <laughs> oh, Ryan, Ryan. Layoffs at Christmas are never good, man. Now, now, see, this is what's really hard, right? I have this internal struggle because the human part of me it does exist right but the human part of me says layoffs at christmas are never good the other part of me says this is a large chunk of the cancer that is at wizards and for right or for wrong obviously how hasbro did it to level out their balance sheet for the fourth quarter that's the only reason this happened but for right or for wrong the bad folks are now brushing up their resume, getting on LinkedIn, and pulling out the knee pads. And that makes me happy because they were absolutely complicit with the destruction of our hobby, specifically Dungeons & Dragons. So, yeah, it sucks if you're going to lose your job right before Christmas. And I feel on a human level for the folks that were in a tough situation. But if they had anything to do with the destruction of my beloved Dungeons and Dragons, this is just an unintended consequence. I know Kyle doesn't agree with me. The ladies on Nerd Cognito tried to get us to spar about it this weekend on, <laughs> on the speakeasy. But I truly do believe that, as I said this weekend, if you dance with the devil, you're going to have to pay the piper. And... It was time to collect Kyle. Yeah. Well, we did spar a little bit. I mean, not like in a malicious or mean spirited way, but we had a very vigorous debate as, as you would say. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm a bit more where Bert's coming from. It's like, you know, I, I, it could happen to me. It could happen to anybody. Could you happen know? To me. I, 
I look at it from that point of view is like, you know, looking at it from their perspective and it's like, yeah, I, I don't agree with all the things that they've done, all the content they've created. And even some of the things that were said by uh, a few of them, you know, probably I don't, I don't really know any of them that well, but it's, it's terrible, man. I mean, you lose your job two weeks before Christmas. That's just, man, that's harsh. That's harsh. It's harsh, but it's real. Right. And, you know, I, I understand there's, the there's, reality there's people that are coming at me now and say, well, the, you know, the, the people, they were just doing their job. You know, there, there's people that aren't on the list that aren't personalities and, and they don't have very high profiles that also lost their job. And, and you should feel bad for them, too. And I keep going back to, you know, there were a lot of nameless, faceless cogs in an organization in the 40s in Germany that were just doing their job, too. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know that that's a great comparison. I mean, I'm just a cog <laughs> in a corporate machine where I work, right? And it's some, you know, and yeah, I've been there. I've got some tenure, so I've been there quite a while. And if if anybody can kind of push back a little bit on some of the things that they, you know, some of the, not that they're using underhanded methods, but there's, there's you know, they, they implement a new policy. And if I don't think that it's good for the company or it's good for, people in my position, the people that are down towards the bottom levels, the frontline employees, then, then I, you know, sometimes I push back a little bit and I have a reputation for that around work. Actually, it's uh, people sometimes avoid me because of, <laughs> no, you but, have opinions, <laughs> but, but, I, but I'll, but I'll push back a little bit. Right. But at the end of the day, if they come and they say, this is policy, you got to start following it. I, I do because I need the job. And so these, you know, these people needed their jobs too. They got rent, they got bills, you know, they're the majority of people are not, um, you know, don't have a lot of money saved and saved up. They you sell a product at work, right, Kyle? Uh, you, yeah. you have a tangible yeah. uh, retail product that, that, that your company sells, right? Right. If yeah. your product had, oh, let's say eight variations that were released over the last 14 months and each one was a progressively worse retail failure. Are right. you not brushing up the resume? I'm not because my company's so damn big. It's not going anywhere. Uh, Bert, no. You look like you're ready to, to Ryan, Ryan, Ryan me. <laughs> no, actually, I was going to uh, I was going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I was doing some thinking about this after going through some of the articles and things that I was able to find out here in the woods. And, but, but, you uh, know, every once in a while, someone scrawls something on a tree. Right. <laughs> Usually it's you arrows know. or beware. But every once in a while, wizards cuts eleven hundred people on, on the face right. of a rock, you know, no. I, I will agree with you, Ryan, that the uh, the motivation behind this was uh, largely financial. It's a fourth quarter balancing act. Yeah, they, they've been open it. about that but, too, Bert. They've they've said this is what it is. Right, but it also gives Hasbro a chance to sort of tighten the reins on some of these runaway properties that you say have, you know gone down the rabbit hole and failed you so much. So mm -hmm. are you know is this a sign of you know, Hasbro reining them, not only eliminating jobs and balancing their sheets, but trying to, you know, rein that in and get back some of that audience that they lost. That was my You're first talking about like 
you know, correcting course? I don't think so. I don't no, think it's I, that at all. My first thought when I read this was, oh, good. You know, this could be the Phoenix moment for Dungeons and Dragons. You know, it's no, going to rise no. from the ashes. And then the lists of who, and more importantly, who did not lose their jobs came out. Right. right. And we still have Cox. <laughs> We still, I, I can't help it. I'm a 12 year old boy when I say his name. <laughs> right, uh, right. Yeah, right. We, we, we still have it. Kyle Brink. White guys can't leave the hobby soon enough. And here's my fear. Here's my legitimate fear. We are going to replace these folks with more extreme versions of themselves. And I worry about that. I uh, really it's do. It's possibility. It's possibility. I don't. And time will tell on that. It's hard to say. I I think a lot of this stuff might be, I, I think they want to sell it, right? I mean, it's every sign points to that. They I've want to dump the property. Singing that song for a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, everything points to that. And then this, and this just confirms it even more. So I don't know. I mean, so you lay off these people and then you replace them. You, you're going to have to replace some of them and you're going to do that in a healthy quarter oh, then why eliminate them in the first place because you need something to float this quarter last quarter they <laughs> okay. had baldur's okay. gate three which okay. all right baldur's gate three lumped in with dungeons and dragons and magic still only gave them a single digit increase in percentage of revenue so how much of an anchor was D&D. How much of an anchor was magic? Well, we don't know because they weren't transparent with their numbers. They lumped it all right. into one big number. But we know right. that that was the load, so to speak, shooting into the bare ass. The third yeah. quarter, that was all of the money for Baldur's Gate 3. There's going to be a trickle and there's going to be a stream. And there's going to continue to be income, but there's not going to be income that can sustain two other divisions. So the only way that they can, on the balance sheet, make things right is by cutting these jobs because that expense looks the same to a stockholder as revenue and right no shame in my game i shorted hasbro all the way up until baldur's gate 3 and i've been open about that right i own hasbro right now because i knew bg3 was going to give them a boost yeah. and now i know this fourth quarter on paper is going to give them a boost. You got to remember good companies don't always mean it's a good stock and vice versa. Bad companies don't always mean it's a bad stock. Those two things are independent of each other. And Hasbro is absolutely playing the valuation game right now. So, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, man. That's, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I, and it, I, it makes a lot of sense. The, the problem with, to me with that is is that a sustainable model no it, it's keep, not yeah, it's yeah. not it's i'm a, not it's a, i'm not yeah, in hasbro long by any means yeah. right it's a, it's an extremely short term perspective you know and it's like we got to save this quarter kind of thing and it's like we'll, we'll worry about next quarter next quarter that's exactly what's going on but right, people yeah. aren't a consideration when you're looking at that right 
And and that's where unfortunately that's well yeah it is unfortunate. I I I'm not disagreeing. I don't wish most people unemployment at Christmas time. Now I am a horrible human being. There are people that I do wish unemployment on at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can generally say, you know, Mike Merles, we're not in agreement on a lot philosophically with gaming, but he's had a bad rap for the last year and a half from Hasbro. They've literally duct taped his mouth and shoved him in a closet and just paid him a check. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, not it, anymore. Not anymore. He was one of, yeah. One of he's one of them that's going away. He's the most prominent one, right? A co-creator of, uh, of fifth edition. The most, most recognizable name probably out of the list. Yeah. I would say. So, you know, next thing we'll see is Hasbro bringing these products in-house. We'll have the My Little Pony Magic the Gathering release and the... Uh, I, I think that that's inevitable one way or the other, right? My suspicion <laughs> is my suspicion is, is they're going to really crank up the digital side. Oh, without a doubt, oh, because absolutely. that takes a lot less manpower, right? Right. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, yeah. people are gonna jump on my back on this one, but they're gonna be using artificial intelligence both in content creation, like actual bones text. They have enough of a text library, and AI is good enough to parse that text library now that they are going to be able to crank out like the routine stuff, like adventures. And if it's going into a digital model, no one's going to see the script, right? You don't right. have to disclose, hey, this was written by a computer. Um, I, I think digital, as we've sort of seen the trend go, it is definitely the end game. And if anything else, this just solidifies the they don't want to be in the paper market anymore. So Well, it yeah, and that that's that's a financial decision as well, honestly, because the overhead on that is is so mm -hmm. high, especially um, with the quantities that they're they have to run their books. Right, and digital's a lot. Uh, you know, it's the people that are left in charge. The vast majority of them either have connections to or have fairly deep backgrounds in the digital world. Right, and and Cox is a perfect example because he came from Microsoft. Right, right. Yeah, so, and he's the CEO, for and, those that don't know out and, there. He's and, the current CEO of, of what's. And that's exactly the right team to put into place for the digital movement. And, you know, Hasbro was in a position. Do we disappoint the shareholders whom can potentially hold us legally responsible for their losses, right? If, if shareholders can prove negligence, and with some of the things that have come out of the mouths of the executives, specifically at Wizards, I think you can show that they were negligent and not acting in the best interest of the shareholders. Uh, it's going to, yeah. it, it, that could be uglier. So it's easier to take a beating in the news for a week and then just keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. This will get buried, right? How many people forgot that there were a couple hundred layoffs in January? Well, I, I, and, and I'm guilty of this too. I don't remember the number. I want to say it was. It was around 800. I was going to say eight, 900, right? It was like, it was like 800. And so this, 
brings us year to date, 1900 layoffs by Hasbro uh, over the course of 2023. Right. But I haven't heard or read a lot about those previous layoffs because they got buried in the cycle. Well, and part of that too, was it happened in January. So everybody thought that it was, well, it, po- it was post holiday season, uh, layoffs. Everybody, everybody kind of looked at it like, oh, well, these were just like, this was seasonal hell, you know, to get them through the, you know, the, the people, were, that's what seasonal. Employees. Well, that's, but that's what people, that's, I mean, that was kind of the attitude that a lot of people took back then. It was like, well, you know, these were, these were people in shipping and distribution and, and this and that, you know, the, these sorts of things related to, uh, you know, putting out large quantities of products for the holiday season. And then January rolls around. Well, we don't need you anymore. That, that was the assumption. This there were kind of creators, suggests, though. There were creators that, that there got were, chopped. There were creators, but but a lot of that, like you said, it got buried because I think a lot of it is people didn't want to face the reality. Well, now I think you kind of have to with this announcement, another eleven hundred. I think it shows, you know, that what they're what they're doing. It's uh, ultimately what it comes down to is is Hasbro's not doing well. Uh, I are they? From no, a, they're not. From they're a, not. If they've got, if, no. If they, if they have to, um, you know, come up with these so-called creative ways to bump up quarter quarterly, you know, for the stuff for the shareholders, then no, they're not doing well. Because if they, because if they were selling products and they were making good products and they're putting them out there and they were generating revenue, they wouldn't have to do that, or at least to the degree that to which they are. All right, I bought in at Hasbro at about forty-three bucks. It's worth 50 bucks now. I'm almost ready once the post-holiday numbers post to dump it and take the short-term gain. On paper, they're doing just fine. And and that's right. the danger. That is the danger. So, uh, again, we have to wait and see. Conspiracy theories about, you know, uh, folks were coming to me saying, hey, well, you might have been right when you said they just want to devalue Wizards of the Coast. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> I, I never disagree. I never disagreed with you on that. I wasn't 100 percent convinced, but it certainly was a distinct possibility. I'm I, now I it's, yeah. beyond it's a conspiracy theory into it is one of three possible outcomes that are being you know crafted by Hasbro. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's 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 tough to tell uh when the next big release comes that's not already in the can that's going to be the measuring stick and you know uh, i'm sure that we will have lots to say about that when it comes (laughs) out so uh until then we just wait and see oh boy uh, we started with like the biggie, right? But that sure. deserved a whole, a whole spiel, just because we needed to put some of this clarity on this subject. I know a lot of people talked about it in sort of a knee jerks fashion when it first happened, myself included. But now we can take a step back and look at it from a different perspective, and I thought that that was important. Uh, now we can put all of that behind us now. And focus on the fun stuff from the rest of the show. Everybody likes fun, right, guys? Don't all shout at once. Depends on the fun. (laughs) (laughs) Would it be fun to go to a board game cafe? Depends Uh, on who you're going with. (laughs) 
yeah. I'm not selling you maybe. guys. Well, maybe. Don't do it in New York. <laughs> Staff at the Brooklyn Strategist, which is a board game cafe that is, ironically, it's in Brooklyn, right? Uh, have won their election, and they are the third board and RPG store of their kind to unionize. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. okay. Yeah, good for them. Really, Bert's? What? <laughs> <laughs> What are the the catastrophic job conditions where they would need collective bargaining? You know, are we not frothing yeah. the milk fast enough and we're getting whipped in the back? Perhaps there's a secret tunnel that goes down to the coal mine. <laughs> I guess I, I guess the question I have though is you typically when when people try to unionize you've got um, you've got, there, there's, there's union people. I don't know what you call them, union reps or whatever that are kind of, you know, party like, like say you've got an independent trucking company and they're not unionized and it grows and it grows. And the next thing you know, you teamsters got, are going to be knocking 50. on the door, right? Right, right. The teamsters are going to show up, right? Okay. We've had this happen with my company. We, you know, it's never happened to me personally, but people have been approached by representatives not from the Teamsters, but from another union because we, we technically fall into a food category. I think the Teamsters could do it, but I don't think they want to take on the owner. But right. anyway. Um so so who's so who's so who's romancing these guys, right? I mean, is it is is I don't know. I'm not big on unions, so I don't keep up with it. Is there some sort of like service workers union that's yeah, national uh, or something? There, there are a couple of them. And um I mean I'm not a big union guy. I don't I don't support them really and i'm not a fan they are uh, now unionized under workers new workers united new york new jersey right um so okay um it, it's not even like the service industry big guys right? it is an excuse for these freaking zoomers to get a check and have no accountability now i come at this from a unique perspective Everybody knows that I was, in a former life, a longtime educator, right? And I was not fond of NEA, the National Education Association. How did I feel that I could best combat it? Well, A, not joining the union is not a choice. If you're a teacher and right. you don't join the union, you don't exist to the other staff, okay? Right. So what did I do? Knowing and being very open about the fact that I hate the union, I ran and was elected <laughs> as a union rep and then moved beyond that because, you know, I'm never satisfied. And I tried to eat the organization from the inside out. Now, I was a very big exception to the rule. And it right. ended in me realizing that I'm not going to be able to do what I needed to do. And then I withdrew, but I was in it long enough that I was able to fully withdraw from the union and not get those social consequences for the end of my career, which was something that not a lot of educators can say. Huh. Um, That's interesting. What did the union do for teachers? Well, you've heard me say it before. Teachers are the dumbest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. And the ones that legitimately 
don't A, need the union, and B, do a good job, get trampled because the union allows the worst to survive. Again, we're not in the 1800s here, guys. I don't know of a labor union that legitimately, in my opinion, even needs to exist at this point. You've got government oversight. You've got, you've got regulation. The union is just a part of your check going to another organization. That's a quasi governmental organization. And it gets worse if you get outside of the States, right? In in Australia, the unions and the government are one in the same. Go figure that one out. But you know, everything's upside down, down there. We love our Australian listeners though. Um, (laughs) Your economy. I don't, I don't know how you guys survive, but we love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bert, you're a current union employee. Correct. We're not going to say who. Um, right. And you can decline to answer this. Has the union done anything for you that you couldn't have done on your own? Quite a bit, actually. Oh, boy. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so you think that your association, um, has intrinsic value for you 100 percent, absolutely man am i just like the black sheep (laughs) you know i mean no no i i agree with you uh Um, brian i'm not a union fan but even when you look at it at face value where's the need for this union you know what we're not going to see we're not going to see when this store goes out of business there's not going to be a headline for that and and that's unfortunate. So um, I just I just find oh. it ridiculous. Hey, we need a union for our board game cafe. Really? Uh, uh. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Take hey. a deep breath. What else is in the news? <laughs> uh, another sign of the health of the Dungeons and Dragons brand right now. Uh oh. D and D materials are generally less than their black friday prices now and they are being incentivized now by amazon to clear them out and most most titles are less than half off of their regular amazon price so this is when you're going to swoop in and buy all your fifth edition books ryan nope (laughs) <laughs> no, um, it, it's funny uh we 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 talked about this and there's a tell uh <laughs> we, we we said months ago jokingly well half jokingly it's just a matter of time until the distributors that are stuck with all of this back stock end up dumping it and we start to see it in ollies well Friends and countrymen out there have been showing me all of their Ollie's scores for the Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast products specifically <laughs> that are out there. Uh, it's happened. Yeah, I've been saying it. It's happened. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is I shouldn't get you Spelljammer for Christmas, Ryan? No. Not unless it's the second edition one that that I lost in the flood. <laughs> that that Spelljammer, you can get me. Um <laughs> Spelljammer 5th edition. You should go ahead and do it, Bert. You should go ahead and get it. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, I don't want, Bert, I don't want you to waste your money on it. If someone wants to have a gag, they can get me the 5th edition Spelljammer, and I will read a segment of it on our YouTube as a special video, just like Masterpiece Theater. 
So, (laughs) (laughs) no, um, no, I, it's, it's sick to look at this list. These titles are selling retail at Amazon for less than your friendly local gaming store can buy them wholesale. Right. Not a good sign guys and it is across the board php dmg monster manual core rulebook box set spelljammer holy crap spelljammer is cheap <laughs> big b xanathar tosher strahd and it goes on that is just yeah. the tip of the iceberg they are tired of warehousing these garbage goods I love it when my tinfoil hat conspiracies come true in time. (laughs) And I I love that that we said Ollie's. I love that we said Amazon can't afford (laughs) to keep this stuff. It just, it makes me feel good. (laughs) Ego boost. I have an ego. Still doesn't prove your theory about the lizard people, Ryan. No, no. Well, you know, that's because that motherfucker is not real. What happened to her, by the way? She took her hot-ass self and just disappeared, didn't she? Uh, she's, she's, she shows up on Twitter now and then. I, I've got I've to I've got follow her. Man. Okay. You want I, the name? Uh, yeah, yeah, shoot it to me after the show. Uh, right. Because <laughs> I've forgotten by now. All I know is, mm, mm, mm. I, I'll trade in the leprechaun's wife for her. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 will be, it will be great. Um Real quick, some Kickstarter highlights in the board game world this week that I think are very interesting. Uh, there is a roll and write where you play as Musashi and you battle samurai style in a spiral bound reusable booklet. Um, Way of the Samurai looks pretty interesting. interesting. Um, samurai. Yeah. Samurai. We, do, there, we a, don't have enough good right. samurai stuff. It is rolling right, right? Okay, that's kind of cool. Those are, I played a few fun versions of those. Yeah, no, I, I think it's very good. And if you are into the solo gaming market, uh, at least it's something different coming your way. So way the samurai looks good. Again, I'm not going to pick it up because solo, right? Uh, Micro Dungeons is coming out. Uh, that looked like fun. And, um, well, Stan Lee's Genesis is the big one. The official tabletop game honoring the Ooh. legacy of Stan Lee, done in partnership with his pal Entertainment, is coming out, and it looks really good. It is not hosed down in Marvel Juice. There are 30 brand new characters that range from gods to smugglers to alien invaders, pirates, space pirates, all all varieties of pirates. Um, It it looks really fun. Stanley's Genesis is on Kickstarter. Uh, The core game is 50 bucks. If you want to go in for the whole shebang, it's only a hundred bucks and considering that you're, you know, effectively paying the estate of Stan Lee plus the publisher, I don't think that that's too bad. 
Um, right. They are adding a solo mode for people that don't have friends. Um, <laughs> I think Come you, on, Ryan. Eh. <laughs> Over 200 characters. Modular play field, so the board changes. The replayability is phenomenal just based on the preview. And... Of course, the artwork is stunning. So, Bert, instead of Spelljammer, you can pledge uh, Stanley's Genesis, and um, <laughs> I, I would appreciate that a lot more. Right, but then it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about Henry Cavill a lot over 2023. We did. Well, there's some new rumors coming out that... Uh, the Warhammer 40K series starring Henry Cavill now might not happen. Um, yeah. After yeah. all that hype? After all of the hype. Um, there is a statement that was released that says this will most likely not be going ahead because Games Workshop drop the ball big time and only haven't said anything because it makes them look super incompetent. Who said this? Well, Valrak, the, the famed YouTuber supposedly has an in from the production company and has, has put some interesting statements out there. And we're not talking like, you know, 500 subs and i can go buy a hoagie youtuber we're talking entertainment industry big he's his career is a youtuber that has had accurate predictions and leaks before um quote so the guy who was in charge of this for games workshop was overly involved and basically wanted to pull a lot of it off himself he signed up cavill to do basically all of the shit and was trying to do the Hollywood thing for rep and glory. Um, he signed the agreement papers with Amazon and then legal advised them that the papers needed to be checked over. So he allegedly entered into this agreement with Amazon without GW's legal team looking at it. Um, <laughs> the deal wasn't checked over and quote, basically means that Amazon will be taking all of the money for the film and neither the production company nor Games Workshop would get a share. Well, you know Games Workshop loves one thing more than their intellectual property, and that is profits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Cavill's had a hell of a 2023, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you sign a contract without having somebody look at it. <laughs> well, something like that, especially, right? I mean, something exactly. like that. I mean, you're you need to have people look at that robbed of superman robbed of the witcher and now kicked out of the games workshop universe yeah he'll find something i'm sure he will i'm sure he will he's a very good actor and uh, easy on the eyes so say the ladies uh so mm -hmm. <laughs> true but that my friends Did is you? the news this week ah uh, i want this genesis game I might pledge this Genesis game. Oh, that means I might play this Genesis game. <laughs> Should I do it right now? Should I do it right now? No. 
sleep on it. Sleep on it. Do it tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, and this close to Christmas, if you're dropping hints for people to buy it for you for a present, you might want to hold no, off. I, I'm not dropping hints for anyone to buy it for me for a present. I I, I would love it if somebody did. <laughs> But you know my boss. She's had Christmas done since July. <laughs> yeah. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, She's organized. Say, sorry, man. You're not in the budget this year. Sorry about that. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, enough of that. We got to play something that didn't require any investment. Something that was sitting on the shelf for us. Um, Bert, how long ago was it when we said we're going to put fantasy aside? Almost a year, I want to say. Yeah, pretty much. It was about a year ago where we said we are going to invest our role-playing time in non-fantasy choices at our core group. And we did. You know, we, we played some other systems. We played board games. We did other stuff. But, man... Right. I want to say probably for the last two months, I've really been itching to run again in fantasy. So I, I, I did, I cowboyed it, Kyle. <laughs> Everybody's like, what do you want to do this week? And I was like, we're playing fantasy. You're creating characters. We're starting a new campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really leave much choice up other than the choice of system. And, um, yeah, the choice of system. <laughs> so, okay. what, so what I did for prep was I started with some agnostic stuff that I had written during my downtime, right? I written a bunch of system agnostic stuff, which people have now leaned on me and said, hey, you know, we'll pay you a buck for that. So I, I am going to release the Village of Green Haven on drive through RPG before the end of this calendar year. It's going to be a very, very small supplement, but it's a pop-in village. So it takes the work out for the busy DM. It's got a bunch of, you know, different settings, combat encounter recommendations. But the core thing is it's system agnostic, right? I really took inspiration from the old um, central casting books for this one. And... Okay. Uh, I think that it's something that there's not enough out. Now, I'm not here to pump that thing. If you want to throw me 99 cents, which is probably where I'm going to price it for the digital, you you can. And you'll have a great city. Bert, Bert experienced the city this weekend. Um, sure. The point is I just plopped it in, and I didn't know before we started what system we were running. That's how versatile it was. We got to the table. The guys surrounded the table. And I said, all right, I, I, I forced this on you, but what do you want to play? And I threw a couple of systems out there. They made their final choice. And guess what? No session zero, no consent checklist, no X cards, no red markers, no Jenga towers. <laughs> we created characters. We ran. We had about an hour of role play and exposition and a combat. All in okay. one nice, neat session. And let me tell you, it was great to go back home. You know, I can run for any number of people in fantasy, but when you're running for what I view as your group, and Bert, don't let this go to your head, 
but I really love playing with my group, my core group, the best. There's just <laughs> something special. There really is. Uh, my friend Dan, we've talked about him a couple of times tonight. He gets another mention. Um, he jumped right in. Bert jumped right in. Uh, the Zoomer mic that I converted, uh, Kyle, we've, we've yeah. talked about him before. He jumped right in. Yeah. Our friend Ralph. We're, we're, we're all on board. I shouldn't have said his name. Uh, the other friends at the table jumped right in. It was like, at least for me, and I'm going to ask Bert because I haven't asked him about this. Even after the session, I intentionally bit my tongue because I figured we would talk about it this week on the show. It was like we never stopped. No one missed a beat. Bert, what did you think of Ryan forced everybody to play fantasy on a whim, and it and I think it worked? Question mark. I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, you know, I'm I've always been one of those guys I can jump into a role play game on the fly because I'm in so many groups to start with. There's uh, the system that they chose was one that I was familiar with. Uh, you know, we just had to kind of get everybody sort of situated on you know the party dynamic and things like that like who was going to play what and what what their role was going to be and that was a fun choice for you kyle kyle bert, yeah. bert was rolling character creation 46 okay oh this was the weirdest 11, thing i've ever seen 11 11 11 11 7 Five 11s and a seven. Yeah, that's what I got for my rolls. <laughs> now, On forty six, the odds well, of of just getting five elevens. <laughs> yeah. So so, did you name your character Joe Average or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, was, it was spectacular. You know, he 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 put together a pretty competent fighter and i did uh some swingy stuff with the stats because uh part of what i was doing behind the scenes was i was testing a stat swing mechanic that i might put in not to auras but into something else and i, I ran it with them so bird ended up in the end with four 11s but uh he, he did get a little okay. bump on one of his stats through that right but it was right. um, it, it, it I got was four 11s, the, I kept the seven, and one of the 11s went up thanks to the swing mechanic. But Okay. What did it go up to? Uh, what did it go up to? 15. 13? 15. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a big swing. Yeah, okay. it was a big swing. It was a big swing. He's going to pay the price for it later. Wait, I didn't just say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I was getting into when I'm role-playing with Ryan. So. Uh, <laughs> Bert, Bert had like a leech up his asshole on friday night he, he busted my shit for at least two hours the whole time it was hey only during character creation once we started playing busting your balls stopped oh no it was it was it was a good time and um it, it was spectacular um what i want to talk about is was this an anomaly or is this something that we can curate the ability for people to do? Just jump in and go with the group that you know and restarting a campaign. What are the benefits? What are the perils? That sort of thing. Kyle, Kyle, I wish you were so, I wish you were closer. We had a really, really yeah. good time. I, I'm, it sounds I'm, like fun. I'm stopping because I've been, I've been talking about this since Friday night. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, everybody came up with an interesting character. I chose a class that I haven't played in a while. So it was, uh, you know, something that was fun to do. And I think that's both the sort of the good and the bad about your known groups, right? You can have somebody, you can, if it's a system that you've used before, you can kind of pretty easily jump into it and play around with it. The problem is that for a lot of people who are running a system like that, they have to have a jumping off point. A lot of a lot of preparation, you know, running a couple of games myself at the moment, preparation does go into that. So it's hard to do something just on the fly without having, you know, a supplement or some starting off point. So is it fortunate that, you know, we are just more, and I use this word, knowing that it's a loaded word more extreme in our comfort level and knowledge with that system than other folks, because quite frankly, short of one or two things that were more abstract that we forgot, we did not open the core book after character creation. Right. Um, I don't, I mean, to me, there's two, well, there's actually three primary factors. I, I'm not sure that I want to talk about the third one, but the but the, the main two are going to be the, the composition of your group. If you've got a group of people that they get along well, both outside and inside the, the game, I think that helps a lot. You know, I mean, if you've got good group chemistry, that's going to help. Uh, I will bring up the third one, and I'll throw it in in second place. You have to have intelligent people. There's and, nothing and, wrong with saying that. And that's not a knock yeah. on people. Some people, it's just not their jam. And they're not right. built for it. And that's okay. Because those people are built for something else. Right. And then and the third one, I think, is honestly the system that you choose. Because because let's be honest, I'm an old school guy, right? I haven't played a lot of the games that you have. And I, and, and I don't have a lot of the experiences that you have, with, especially with some of the newer systems. But back in the day with basic D&D or even advanced D&D, I mean, we, everybody knew most of the rules because that's all we ever freaking played. And we do this kind of thing all the time. You get the group together. Hey, we're, we're, we're going to start a new game. Let's roll characters. Boom, boom. Everybody's you know, the longest part was choosing your equipment. <laughs> right. And then, uh, <laughs> it really you know, was. And, and then you, and then you jump straight in and you, and you start running a game or, or you start playing the game. I mean, that's it. it I, you know, the, this idea that there has to be the sort of angsty long prelude, you know, with, with all this stuff going on behind the scenes to, to, before you actually start to play, it's, it's a little bit of a foreign concept to me. Oh, good. Th then, then I don't, cause I was really feeling, like I was again the anomaly and not the the norm. And it sounds like if you have the establishment of the group and the understanding and your friends, right? And maybe yeah. maybe this is the sparkle troll effect casting doubt in my mind, right? Because I see all these fuckers online that can't get a DM, can't get a group, can't stabilize well, a group, can't get started, can't go past three sessions. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> we just did it, and we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Well, yeah, but it's, again, it's the, it's the people you got with you, right? I mean, you're not a group of sparkle trolls. Um, Except Bert. Bert, Bert sometimes is. <laughs> I don't think so, Ryan. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. 
Um, and I guess part of me, it was it cheating that I had this system agnostic stuff in my back pocket that I've just happened to be doing. No, no. Cause anybody that's involved in the hobby at all, if, if, if you're, if, especially if you're a game master, you've got ideas and you've got stuff and you've, you know, you've got a notebook or a, or a word document or something somewhere where you were like, Oh my God, this would be a great idea. And you scribble it down or you type it out real quick. And even if it's just a bare bones, three bullet points or one bullet point, even you've got something there in your head, right? Right. That you're going to, that you, that you can go back to and you can, you know, especially if you've got any experience in the game at all, it's pretty easy to adapt that to whatever the situation requires. Right. I mean, I was thinking about, you were talking about making uh, a dungeon map with Dan, right. you know, a little while back. And I was like, once you get something like that, and we've all had that, we got an idea for a dungeon or we got a new supplement or we read, you know, a new rule set or something like that. And we wanted to jump in and try it out. It's happened to everybody. You get hit with a little inspiration and you drag all your friends along with you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hmm. I do think it's a bit of an anomaly though. I, I really do. I, I don't think it's common. Right. That, 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 what, that, what you experienced, I don't think that that happens a lot. I really don't. 40 years ago, I think it, it was fairly standard that, that that's how people did things. I think now it's a, it's a different world and things have changed and uh, you know, you don't have the group group dynamics. Um, you know, and honestly, you know, the, the friends thing too. I mean, do people have friends that are that close anymore? That's kind of died off. You know, studies show that people have fewer friends now than they used to. We were always just fucking outcasts <laughs> and we're used to small circles of friends. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. In a, in a way, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's to, to sum it up, you know, and probably be a little bit more eloquent about it than me. I mean, we laugh, but that's kind of true. The geeks shall inherit the earth. <laughs> right. I mean, if you if you think back to high school, like if you got a chance to play D&D, &D, you jumped on it and tried to get into it pretty quickly because those chances were few and far between. Yeah, but I guess I guess I was fortunate in the anomaly in high school, too. I had three guys that were like Mr. Automatic for playing D&D &D there, too. Um, yeah. Maybe that's why I can't win the lottery. Maybe because I won the people lottery when it comes to one of the more important parts of my life. Like, let's face it, the hobby has been a big deal for me. So, um, right. Interesting, 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 interesting. Uh, Bert, what do yeah. you think would be the one core nugget of wisdom that you would give to a group that is looking to, Start cold. No warning, no ramp up to give them the best chance of success. Talk to each other would be the big thing that I would say. Like when we were sitting down to plan our characters, it was like, well, you know, one guy was brand new to the system. Uh, we were like, what do you want to play? And yeah. then we'll kind of work around you. Kyle, the, the, the youngin, brand new to the system and did not impact Right. Much of anything, really. Right. We we were like, you make the first choice. What do you want to play? And then we'll work around you to create a serviceable party. Like my and big say thing is talk to each other. Yeah. That, and that, well, that's also the benefit of experience, right? 
you know, it's, <laughs> it's easy to bring, it's easy to bring the new guy onto the, onto the team. If everybody else has got several years under their belt and they, they know how to adapt on the fly. Right. Cause that I can play any sort of character from frontline to support to, you know, the right. cerebral type. So it's like, what do you want to play new guy? What's going to get you excited? And then I'll work with that. Anyway, yeah. it was a spectacular time. And, um, like I said, I'm just riding this wave in. Kyle, I will remote you in if you can do it, but it's Friday <laughs> nights, man. It's Friday nights. I know you, what that is yeah. like for your schedule. Um, we're go- we're going to have to talk sometime, but they, we got to get through these holidays first yeah. for me. No, I totally agree. Um, we got to get through a lot of, uh, of stuff and time, and it seems like you're not the only one. A lot of people are saying... Uh, I got I got to finish this year man <laughs> and then and then we'll we'll see what's going on. Um I want to take a brief moment before we close things out today to encourage everybody to do the stuff, right? We want to encourage you first and foremost, you're listening to us on a podcast provider, double check to make sure that you are subscribed so that you don't have to hunt the show down. You don't have to, you know, go look on the Twitter machine formerly known as X, wait a minute, that's backwards, and and find the link. If you're subscribed, it delivers to your device each and every Thursday. We also, we talked about it at the top of the show, I want to reiterate the fact, the speakeasy is exponentially growing, and we want to keep that up. We want to crush the YouTube algorithm. It ain't about monetization, guys. I'm not interested in that, and... The fact of the matter is there ain't a lot of pennies that YouTube does distribute out. It is about beating the algorithm so that we can start to generate organic views. And the best way we can do that is with your help. Go to YouTube, like every blessed video that you can find on the Nerd to- NerdCognito YouTube channel and toss us the subscription there because it's important as well. Uh, Bill's. They, they be a do, so if you were waiting for the last minute to get a shirt, now's the last minute. We kind of need we kind of need your support, and uh, I don't want you to, you know, feel like you have to give charity. I want you to get that shirt and wear it loud and proud because gatekeeping is good. Uh, that's all we've got for you this week. My name is Ryan David. I was joined by my good friends Bert and Kyle, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho.